Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey, Melanin and Miles family. It's Joy. I'm checking in from Florida. And fun fact, I'm actually going to be traveling soon. So I actually have to move out of my apartment in Los Angeles. So I'm getting to go on a plane. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend. And I'm also just enjoying being in Florida because things are slowly opening up. And while I'm still staying safe, I do enjoy doing little normal things like going shopping or being able to go to the beach while still social distancing so if your state or city allows i definitely encourage you to do something a little normal just for you know your mental health and all that stuff but do whatever you're comfortable with and i will talk to you guys next week Hey guys, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today we're going to continue our interviews around the world series where we interview other young black women who have either lived or studied in a new country. For this series, we have interviews set up with women who have been in almost every continent. And this week we're talking to Shiva who graduated from Virginia State University, but while in undergrad, she studied abroad for a summer in South Africa. So welcome Shiva. Hi. Hey Shiva, thanks so much for coming on today. We're super excited for this interview because Janelle and I both haven't done too much travel around Africa and like I definitely have South Africa on my bucket list so I'm excited to hear what your experience was like. So for the first question is just how did you decide you wanted to study abroad in general? What made you want to travel while you're in college? Well, I've done a lot of internships in the U.S. and a lot of them have been research-based and a lot of them have been in a laboratory setting, but I really wanted to do something that impacted people because I want to be a doctor. So it's really hard to work with people in a laboratory when the only thing you get to see every day is bacteria. So one of my mentors had done an internship with University of Virginia's MHERT program and she had told me about it and she went to St. Kitts and Evans. So when I was looking up the program um, and applying, they had South Africa as an option and I just decided to go for it. That's awesome. And was there anything like other than other places other than South Africa that you're choosing between and like how did you ultimately 
choose South Africa? Like, was it on your bucket list or did you just like randomly choose it? Well, they had a few different options. The program essentially asked us what we wanted to do, but ultimately they placed us. So there was Thailand, um, Ecuador, and I believe there was one other, but I can't remember. Um, But each of the places had different focuses. So Thailand, I believe, was centered around like end of life care, palliative care. Um, And then South Africa was centered around women's health and sexual diseases. And then Ecuador was centered around like teen pregnancy. But the problem with Ecuador was that you have to speak Spanish in order to go. So they were choosing to place me in between Thailand and South Africa. And when I heard about the project, which was on maternal depression, I asked them if I could go to South Africa. Wow, cool. That's kind of, that's really interesting that each program had like a different social cause attached to it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you um, were preparing to go abroad, what types of things did you have to um, prepare for? Like you said, like for different programs, you might have needed to know Spanish, but were there any different requirements for South Africa, like visas or immunizations or things like that? Yes, so I needed to get my visa. I had never traveled outside of America before this, so I was completely new to the process. But I had to get my visa. I had to get a passport. Um, I had to make sure all my immunizations were up to par um, and that were updated, and they were. And then I had to take malaria medication the entire time I was there, um, once daily with, I believe, breakfast, um, in order to make sure that I didn't get malaria while I was there. But there weren't really that many mosquitoes. But yeah, that's what I had to do. Wow. Like, so was it just like a pill you took every day? Yeah, it was a tablet. I just swallowed it during while I was eating my breakfast. Okay, cool. Um, did you also um, have any like um, prerequisite courses you had to take to go? Or was they it just have, like anyone? Um, they didn't have any prerequisites to go. I think they had like, you had to at least be a sophomore in college, but I think that was really it. Cool. Um, Also, just for everyone listening, could you provide some context on like what your study abroad program was like? Like how long was it? Um, Did you take classes there? Did you have a host family and things like that? Mm -hmm. So I applied through um, the University of Virginia's Minority Health International Training Program. Um, and it's short for MHERT. And I was there for eight weeks, but it was a 10-week program. So we had to do a week prior to in order to prepare us on like cultural awareness and so that we understood the environment that we were stepping into. And they really honed into us that you're going there to do research, you're going there to observe, you're not going there to change anything. So whether or not you agree with certain values or you agree with the way that the culture is, you're just going there to enjoy it, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then we had eight weeks of actually being in the country, and I was staying with the host family. Um, we lived in this really nice house, <laughs> actually <Hey>. nicer than <laughs> in any of the houses that I've seen here. <laughs> um, and it was really nice. They had like fruit in the backyard, and it was just beautiful. And then um, 
some of the other students stayed in I don't know what to, what to call it. It wasn't necessarily like a hotel, a lodge. It was a lodge. Um, they stayed in a lodge, but we were staying with a host family, me and two other young men. And oh, then, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had all separate rooms and everything. It was a really, it was a really big house. It was a really nice setup. And How big? <laughs> it was like, there were three bedrooms, three bedrooms on the first floor and then three bedrooms or four. So there was either three or four bedrooms on the top floor. I never went up there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. They had a gate, like you had to put in like a, a code to get in. It was fancy. That's it was really lit. nice. Wow. <laughs> the fact you said on the first floor, that's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's crazy. And what was your host family like? Was it just like um a couple or did they have kids like what were they like so it was a couple um the mom my host mom she was a doctor and she worked at the university that I was doing research at it was called University of Inda and her husband was a I think an elementary school teacher and they had three kids but they were all like older we didn't meet them until like a month into the program and they all came and stayed with us. And it was so interesting. I gained like three big sisters. I'm the oldest sister. So I had never really been around a lot of other female energy. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of younger brothers. And it was so cute. They were like asking me to do their eyelashes and asking me to do their makeup and Aww. you know, do their edges. It was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so really cute. they're asking you to do their edges. Were they what race or ethnicity were they? <laughs> Oh, they were all black. Okay. But I'm just I was checking. South Africa, you product. never know. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is they didn't have, like, the same products as we do in the U.S. Like, mm-hmm. I actually gave them a bunch of – I don't know why I brought so many eyelashes to South Africa. I don't know where I thought it was going. <laughs> but <laughs> I gave them a bunch of eyelashes and, like, eyelash glue and edge control and stuff because they don't have the same products there. Wow, cool. And um, for your program um, through your university, did you have any like scholarships or financial aid that helped you go abroad? Because definitely going that far can be expensive, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like, you know, a summer long program. Yeah, actually, the program that I was in was all inclusive. It was it was a very, very, very great opportunity. So because we were doing research, they gave us a $3,000 stipend. And they paid for all travel. They they reimbursed me for my passport and for my malaria medication. Oh so my I didn't gosh! Come out of pocket. So this anything. was free. Yeah, you got paid to do this. You got paid. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what? This is what we always talk about on the podcast. That like you can go basically if you are a student, you need to be just traveling because mm-hmm. people will pay for it. Exactly. Wow. That's so cool. Was your like family happy about that they're probably like what (laughs) (laughs) um my dad he's Haitian so he's been wanting me to like go out of the country forever Mm -hmm. so he was very excited about it but my mom's a very cautious person so she was the one that was like buying me all of the deets and making sure that you know all my clothes were sprayed down and stuff like that but she was excited (laughs) (laughs) wow so was this like program really competitive if they're offering all this money to y'all to go and stuff. I feel like a lot of people were applying. Yes, it was very competitive. I believe there was two rounds 
of interviews. I only did one interview, but the way that she made it sound was that there were two rounds of interviews. So I guess my interview went well and my application was good enough that I kind of just surpassed that. And oh. it was a, <laughs> not a flex, not a flex, but she, um, the lady in charge of the program had said that this was the last year they were doing the program. So unfortunately right. the program's no longer around. Dang. So I guess, Dang. yeah. At least they have a um, graduate portion of it, but it's not for undergraduates. And most of the research she was saying is at the home institution. Mm. Wow, that was that sounds like yeah. an amazing opportunity. Did you go to a university there in South Africa? And like, what was it called? It was called University of Vinda, and that's where I spent most of my days doing research. Cool. Wow. Okay. So moving on, we'll talk more about your program, but um, <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now I want to transition into what it was like being immersed in the culture and then what it was like being black and American in South Africa. So I guess that's my first question. What was it like being black and American in South Africa? I know you said like your host family was black and you did like, you were around a lot of black people, but I know like mm -hmm. being American can kind of like change things. Um, it was really interesting in a lot of different ways. So culturally, like you said, you know, my experience with my host family was kind of my first experience of South African culture. And they were really warm and welcoming. Of course, they had some different ideals for like how women are supposed to behave in the home. So that was something that I did find interesting. So like I had told you before, I was there with two guys but she always addressed me as far as cleaning as far as maintenance of the house she didn't really ask them to do much and i didn't mind because again i was there to observe and appreciate i wasn't there to change anything outside of the home um, when i was on campus it was interesting interacting with people because you know i'm dark-skinned i look like i'm from there so a lot of people mm. didn't know that I was foreign until I opened my mouth. <laughs> and then they were like, whoa, who, where did you come from? And they would always ask me a bunch of questions. You know, they would always be like, so what about Trump? So what about this? So what about that? What's the weather like over there? So really, the culture was beautiful. I didn't have any, any problems at all being immersed in it. Um, and they act like regular American college students, you know? they party they get their work done they all meet up in like whatever you would say their student center is and it was just great pretty that's really how the culture was that's really cool i my the question i hate the most from like when i travel is the trump question like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I <don't, laughs> like i feel like they always ask like everyone always asks that and i'm just like please stop <laughs> Yeah. Um, so did you like witness any like discrimination or colorism or even racism while you were there? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say racism really because I was in a very rural area. Mm -hmm. So I was in an area called Limpopo. So I wasn't near any of like the big cities. It was pretty much, you know, dirt. And like, you know, people always say 
huts and stuff in Africa. And I think that's very small minded, but we were in an area where that was a lot of people's reality. My host family just happened to have a lot of money and I didn't really get to see anybody outside of people that looked like me. But one of the, one of the guys that I was traveling with, he was white. So one, you know, one of the guys was black and one of the guys was white and Mm -hmm. he definitely probably had an interesting time there. I guess they, a lot of people accepted him because he was around us, but I do remember him saying a lot of stuff about feeling alone and feeling ostracized and stuff when he was there but racism no discrimination no he was still able to conduct his research and do everything that he came there to do um well outside of campus no i mean we would get funny looks sometimes when we play our music but i wouldn't call that (laughs) discrimination or anything it was just different they were just intrigued by us, but there was no discrimination or racism. Okay. And then did you get to spend a lot of time with locals while you were there? I would say yes and no. During my research was probably the time where I got to spend time with the locals most. So we were basically interviewing mothers that had been diagnosed with maternal depression based on a self-identifying test. And mm-hmm. we, we had to actually go and conduct researches like every three months. So that was kind of my job in the summer. So we would drive around basically hours and hours all around the Limpopo area. And I'm sorry, give me just a second to click my thoughts. And we saw all types of things. I'm trying to remember what, what the question was. Can you repeat it? Oh, basically, if you just got to meet any locals, if you oh, were yeah. interacting with a lot of locals. So, yeah, we got to meet all types of people. So, I met people that lived in homes that they built themselves. I met women who had, that were poly- polygamists. I met all types of lo- locals there. But when I went home, like that was only when I was doing my research. When I went home, we were kind of confined inside the house because my host mother didn't want us to go anywhere dangerous because we didn't know the area. And then I guess, did you get to like meet locals outside of like the work scenario or outside of research? Like, did you guys get to go out at all or do anything fun? Um, not really. My host mom, she was very protective. She was very, very protective. <laughs> like, as soon as she heard the garage door open, she was honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no going anywhere, really. The only people she would let us hang out with was other kids from the program. So we got to go to their lodge. But their lodge was kind of secluded, even from, like, the rest of the city. So we didn't really get to interact with locals outside of work. Why do you think gotcha. your mom was so protective? Yeah, I was say, was your area, like, safe? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I think it's she felt a lot of responsibility on her shoulders to keep us safe, you know, because she was responsible for us for two whole months. And even though we were all adults and over 21 and stuff, I think that she maybe had had some bad experiences. Um, The father that was there, he was a very interesting man. He had his own little like militia kind of and like a neighbor. Yes. He (laughs) called it a militia. I didn't really talk to him much because after I heard that, I was like, okay, sir. Um, But 
he had like a neighborhood watch militia type of thing because he said that there were like dangerous people in the area but from what I experienced I never saw anything bad like even when we were driving home from the lodge at three in the morning the streets were pretty much empty like I never saw anybody she would say stuff like if you're out late and there's a red light don't stop at the red light keep going um because you you know somebody could hop out of their car and run up to your car and you know do something but we never experienced anything like that so maybe she knew something that I didn't interesting do you think the other like host families in the program were that uh, cautious or do you like did any of your friends in the program like talk about going out or was everyone basically had the same type of feel well the people that were in thailand they were also two young black women um they pretty much got to do whatever they wanted um but they were with one of the program mentors so as she said as long as you're not doing anything bad you can do whatever the girls in ecuador they went to parties they got to do whatever they wanted because they pretty much already knew the culture a few I think one of them was actually from Ecuador um so yeah I think we were the only ones dang (laughs) well at least so like um let's get into like more of the cultural things so like when you got there did you have any type of culture shock other than your host dad having a militia (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um well I think the biggest culture shock I had was food because I am vegan so going there I already was kind of like uh, I don't know what I'm gonna eat while I'm here and sure enough you know they live in a culture as a lot of them explain it to me where they don't have the luxury of being vegan and like that that definitely sat heavily with me because I didn't think of it as a luxury. You know, I thought of it like, oh, it's my lifestyle. But if you don't have those options available to you, then of course you can't indulge in something like that. So I think that that kind of shocked me that I had to go kind of far from where I was at to find any like meat substitutes. Um, But there was a lot of fruit and vegetables. So that Mm -hmm. was fine. Um, Other culture shocks. I guess just the way that my host mom communicated because she did communicate primarily through me. She never addressed the guys. And I guess that's like a respect thing there, you know? So like, I guess the men have a higher place there. It's more of a patriarchal society. I mean, I guess the whole world kind of is, but she pretty much addressed me. So she wanted me to tell one of the other guys in the program to put his clothes away, she would tell me. She wouldn't tell him, even if he was sitting in the kitchen right next to me. She would always be like, she would tell him to go put his clothes away. So I think that was kind of a culture shock to me because I'm the the biggest sister. And because, you know, in in America, women are fairly raised to be mostly independent. Right. I was kind of like, so why don't you just tell him? Or why are you making (laughs) me do stuff for him? And I tried not to, like, think like that, but, like, there were times where I definitely got annoyed because I was like, there's no reason why I should be washing this grown man's drawers. You know, like, that's not my... Oh, my, my gosh. You know? But it it wasn't something that I was upset about, but it was a culture shock. Gotcha. 
And um, so basically, like, what was a typical day? Like, you went and did research. Was there anything else that you did, you guys got to do for fun with your family or, like, weekend trips and things like that? Um, my typical day from, like, Monday to Friday was definitely wake up at 7, be in the lab by 8, be in the lab until probably five, maybe six. Um, the guys, they had more laboratory heavy stuff. So sometimes we would be in the lab until like 10 and I would just be writing up all my interviews and stuff, transcribing them. And then on the weekends though, we were able to do a lot more stuff. So we went on a few trips. We went to see, I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but it's like Boab or Boab tree. And it's one of the largest trees in South Africa. The thing is huge. It was so big. We got to visit those. We went to this reserve called the Sheba. And it's definitely the number one most beautiful experience I've ever had in my life. We saw rhinos and zebras. We saw a lot of things <laughs> I've never seen before in my life. I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> and it was just beautiful. So that's what we got to do on weekends. We just traveled a little bit, maybe ate something new, even though most of the food was like chicken and beans and rice. Gotcha. What would you say your most most um, memorable experience was your whole summer there? It would definitely be Lashiva. I think that the entire time I was there, I kind of was stuck in my office on campus. So I hadn't really got to see all of the beautiful things that you hear about Africa. You know, I just felt like I was at school doing work. So when I got to go to Lashiba and I got to see all of those animals and we were literally allowed to walk around because it was a reserve that was like protecting them. We got to walk around and be close enough to the animals. I was a little mm-hmm. cautious. I didn't, I didn't get like closer than a hundred feet, <laughs> but we got to get close enough to a lot of animals. We got to go hiking. We got to go on a bunch of tours and just see so many beautiful plants and animals. And I think it kind of sunk into me at that moment. Like, well, I'm, I'm in Africa. Like I'm, I'm somewhere so great. Right. Somewhere that I feel like I originated from. And that really touched me. I've, I'm like a big crybaby. So like, I definitely teared up when I was like looking at the sunrise and the sunset. Mm-hmm. And it was just my, the most beautiful experience I've ever had in my life. That sounds amazing. I really want to go and visit. Oh, you should, you should. Yeah, so now we just want to wrap up our interview with a, just a few words of advice for the audience. Um, what, would you, what advice would you give for anyone looking to either study or just visit in South, in South Africa? I would say be open, you know, and be flexible because you don't really know what you're going to encounter. South Africa is just a big country within itself. So wherever you go in South Africa, especially if you're going to somewhere rural, be flexible and be observant. Like just be there to appreciate the culture because there are gonna be a lot of things that you might not understand and that might not resonate with you. But if you can just appreciate them for what they are, you can see how valuable that lesson will be to you later down the road. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to take that advice seriously when I go one day. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, why do you think it's important for Black women to travel? 
I think it's important for Black women to travel because a lot of times we're told that we can't. We're told that we can't do a lot of things. So being able to experience something outside of the typical American experience that a lot of us experience and are forced to experience sometimes is beautiful. You get to see something so much bigger than the circumstances that you may come from. And you just get to be a lot more cultured, you know? That's, it's, a, it's a subtle flex. You can say, I've, I've been here and I've been there and I've experienced this and I've experienced that. And everywhere you go, you take a little piece of it with you and it changes you. So I think that all black women should experience that. Great. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview, Shiva. Um, this is actually really nice. I love learning everything that you did in South Africa. Um, I wish this program still existed because I know a lot of people yeah. that are like in the pre-med field that would love to do something like this, but it's cool, I guess. <laughs> your, yeah. story, your story sounds really fun. Um, Thank you so yeah, much for having me.